back to Vibrant Vernacular. We're still keeping it moving um, with Women's Month, so various women's topic or women's topics um, that clearly pertain to women. Um, so today we, oh, excuse me, this is Azale. And it's Shawan. And Pashas. All right. So it's a crazy world, but we're going to keep it moving. Um, so recently in the news, we know that um, Harvey Weinstein was just sentenced to like 23 years, I want to say, for like various mm-hmm. sexual assault charges. Um, so his exposure kind of brought to light what we know now is like the Me Too movement. So this is where women began to like speak their truth um, and people started to listen. I think that was the real difference because um, as we know as women, we're always saying, hey, I mean, stuff be going on with us, y'all got to listen. But I think for whatever reason, people decided to like really look into it and like, hey, we need to kind of give light to this issue. So it sparked what I guess we would call a refound feminism or what I would call a refound feminism. Um, So with that being said, I kind of describe feminism as um, sticking up and supporting and caring um, for women's rights, just to make sure that we're fighting for the same equality that, which sounds crazy, because it's not like we're human being, not human beings, oh. but we're fighting for equality, I guess, in essence, like everybody else. But as you know, as women, we're not always respected um, for our opinions, our values, um, when half the time we do things better. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> um, yeah. But again, that's how I would describe feminism. So I don't know if you ladies kind of have your input or take on that. Yeah, Pashas, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I didn't even hear the question. What, oh. well, how would you define <laughs> feminism? <laughs> I'm sorry, my phone kind of went out. I apologize. Um, I was looking up actually the definition of feminism. And... Um, The definition of feminism is advocacy of women's rights on the basis of equality in the sexes. So I feel like it's hard for me because feminists, I have like the age old vision of feminists, which is crazy. Like the old school, like women who don't have men who are just unhappy. (laughs) That type of thought pattern was what I had originally. My daughter had to take a class on women's uh, history at ODU and she was kind of throwing out there what the teacher was explaining as feminist. Uh, And I kind of get it a little bit more now, Um, just advocating for women's rights, which makes sense. Um, But yeah, it's kind of a gray area for me. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I love honesty with everything that we do. And I think um, whenever we are kind of preparing for our topics, I always type things just, as they pop into my head with before I look at a formal definition. So for me, I put, in order to define feminism, it's women putting women's issues at the forefront of everyone's minds. Mm-hmm. Feminism ensures that we don't get lost in the mix when it comes to everybody else's issues and them fighting for all of their rights. And at the same time, they're looking for our support without having us speak up and stand up for ourselves. When I say us, I'm definitely talking about women. I just feel like we're always expected to be there, expected to jump on board. But then it's like one thing that popped into my mind was Black feminism. As Black women, I feel like we have to focus on our race and our women's issues in combination with um, 
you know, it just, it puts us in a whole different category when we combine our race issues and our own issues as a woman. So it's just, to me, feminism is like women fighting for women's rights, basically. I agree. And just as a black woman, as we know, it's kind of like a double negative standard, not in our eyes, but um, it just makes our work extremely harder because everyone always wants to argue, why do you have to put race in it? Well, because there's different issues uh, when it comes to race um, and women. As we know, there's certain issues that pertain to us uh, when it comes to health care. Um, definitely our children, that yeah. issues are completely different that other races don't have to deal with. So um, I don't know. It's definitely different. I would agree. Yes. Um, when you talked about race, that was one of my issues is people always, um, I felt like I've had to kind of tone things down when it comes to feminism, because that's one of the first first things that I get why you got to make everything about race but then it's like in reality you know when I don't it's like me and my black self (laughs) always having to dump (laughs) things down (laughs) to respect how somewhere somebody else may or may not end up feeling by the time I finish bringing all this stuff to the light you know so I was just answering another question like when is it when when is it too far when it comes to feminism. And I always say we can't go far enough because once again, I seem to stop myself and think twice before I discuss some of the racial stuff that is always prevalent in my life because of how somebody might get offended. So I don't think we we are going far enough with, with the discussion about feminism. I think um, it's starting to get more noticed because of politics. So mm-hmm. um, recently, and I'm not the most educated with politics, so I'm going to sound dumb. I'm just throwing that <laughs> out there. But I don't know if it was like Congress or the Senate where those ladies, um, you know, got voted into. And it actually was like a melting pot. We had a Muslim. Yeah. I think we had a Native American, I want to say. I know we had a um, lesbian. So it kind of brought things to the forefront that's like maybe there is a change and maybe these are issues that we should listen to now whether or not there's going to be change is a completely different story but I think the way we're looking at some of our leaders the way certain um issues are being brought to light by women it's kind of getting us noticed if that makes sense again it's a whole Mm -hmm. different issue as far as being noticed and being heard So I think there's definitely more room uh, when it comes to being heard that we have to do. But I do think now at least we have somewhat of a spotlight on us where it's like, oh, she's talking. You know, let's listen for a Mm -hmm. second. We just got to now make them listen for an hour and then like a day (laughs) and then a week. So if we can just kind of get and I don't know, it sounds so crazy in 2020 that we're arguing like, hey, as women, can you listen to us, please? <laughs> How ridiculous is that? But I mean, it is what it is. That is so true. And um, you brought up the politics and that was one of the heartbreaking things, you know, seeing stuff unfold where some of the women were basically told to go back home. And it's like, uh, this is home, you know, yes. like we can't just 
pack up and go somewhere else where this is the system we've grown accustomed to, you know, whether it's broken or not, uh, that's another issue, but it's so insensitive, you know, to tell people go back where you came from or whatever, when it's like, we all here, you know, we all have to make the best of this. So I just think one of the things I used to always tell my kids is, God is a woman. I said, that is the quickest way to start a heated debate. Yeah, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. God sure. is a woman. You know? And I was like, look at the weather. Look at how unpredictable some things are. I was like, God has to be a woman. And I think there was a church I was uh, attending. And one of the pastors brought that up. I believe it was New Calvary Baptist. But for them to literally bring that up, I was just, you know, my antennas were, my antenna were up by this point. But it's just, if you want to hear how people really feel, just throw a simple sentence where, you know, anything dealing with a woman is in the mix and you'll just see emotion. Or sometimes it's like uh, they dismiss things when women are at the forefront of the discussion. So, yeah, we definitely need a lot more respect. But feminism is a... Funny you said that because I was Googling these t-shirts the other day and there's a t-shirt that says, I met God, she's black. <laughs> I've it. seen that on Instagram. Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty outstanding uh, shirt, I would yeah, say. Um, definitely. I think my started. issue with, uh, I guess the topic of feminism is like, not necessarily the separation of black women's feminism versus feminism in general. It's just kind of uh-huh. laying out what is the goal of feminism? Like, what what is your goal? Because of course, okay. women should be heard. Definitely. I mean, we're we're the neck that turns the head, so our issues are very important and very prominent. Um, but I guess for me, I struggle with the history of feminism mm-hmm. um, because it was started during the time of civil rights, and it was a it wasn't a black women issue. From the mm. la- my lack of knowledge or my lack of understanding of feminism, it was a white woman's issue, and it was kind of coinciding with our movement. So it kind of I don't know puts a bad taste in my mouth when it comes to okay. the actual movement when it comes to feminism itself. Now I agree that women in general we do have a voice. Like no one should be able to control a woman's body in politics without a woman's opinion on it or her being the primary voice that is heard. So it's kind of like, you know, I guess that's my kind of issue with feminism. And like, I mean, I, I don't know how many issues that as black women we had um, during or prior to the civil rights movement that were being called to the forefront during the feminist movement. I don't know. Well, that's why I always talk about a seat at the table most of the time mm-hmm. is because, yeah, a woman is a woman, whether you're black or white. But like you just brought up, if it, this was started during the civil rights movement. Um, there were a lot of women who, white women who were taking the stage and saying that they represented all women. Then there's like so, Sojourner Truth and... Um, I had recently, well, it's been a few years, but I had to recite her speech about Ain't I a Woman. And it just liberated me so much more. It, and all I kept thinking about was 
yet during the civil rights time, like black women were not still not considered a whole person in my book, you know, just having to always remind people like, Hey, we here, we have rights too. You know, it just, it always makes me like, we have to create our own seat at every table. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I always, you know, just push the, the, the black button a little bit because I feel like even way back when we were excluded, like just excluded out of everything that was happening. So the goal, you said, what is the goal? I think the goal is to just make sure that black women aren't left out of the full equation whether it's feminism or any other movement that's creeping up or taking place or even, you know, people writing their articles or having their opinions. It's like, I have an opinion too. I guess I always have trouble just making sure that we are not erased or, or just lost in the mix of everything that's going on. Makes sense. Yes, I would agree. I think the overall goal is just to be heard. It sounds ridiculous, but mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, we're still heard. So again, there's a difference between, I think, someone listening to our issues and actually hearing our issues um, when it comes to making a difference. So, but kind of like you said, Pashas, I guess, I don't know, kind of how it started it out. I would say this is like a newfound feminism where it's Mm -hmm. not, I don't know, I guess we think like back in the day, like extremists, people burning their bras or walking around, (laughs) you know, with no drawers on, like, I don't know what they did, but I think this newfound feminism seems to focus on, um, I don't know. I don't know how I'm trying to word it. But I think um, one of y'all mentioned the Me Too movement. And I think that's important as well, because it's like, look, if you're looking back from slavery moving forward, it's like, how many times were we raped? How many times were we just tossed aside and reproducing, you know, offspring that we probably necessarily wouldn't have had we not been raped or put in these different situations. And it's like, at what point does it stop? You know, at what point do we stand up for ourselves despite the the risk involved? It's like, no, my daughter's not going to go through this. You know, call me a feminist if you want to, but my goal is to make the world a better place for my daughter, my nieces, you know, everybody under me or after me that has to take a step in this world. You know, I just feel liberated to do so much more. Like every time I hear the topic, yes, I think the first thought on most people's minds is like, oh, yeah, when you, Patrick, you said something about they don't need a man or, you know, I know equality there's a thin line when it comes to women saying, I don't need a man or I can do this just as good as a man. Like I am a strong woman, a strong black woman, but yes, I still need my man. You know, I don't want to get misconstrued. Like, Oh, she's so strong that the men are erased from the equation. Mm -hmm. Like that's never the goal. But yeah, I think it's always, no matter what, we're going to have to explain ourselves. You know, that's what I'm finding more and more. So as the lady talked about, our goal is to be heard. Yes, I want to be heard. I also want people to listen to the words that they're hearing, but also bring about change. You know, there are simple things that people can do that include women, you know, versus and, and a prime example, some of the laws being made. My daughter's 11 and she's like, how can the men, you know, tell the women what to do with their own bodies? I think it's just, 
it just blows me away every time the laws are being made. Like how many women are actually <laughs> at this table, have a seat at the table when we're making laws that affect us directly? I totally agree with that. And I think that's the, when it comes to feminism, that's the biggest issue that I see, like you said, it is more so making sure that we do have a seat at the table. We do have our opinions uh, heard and not only heard, respected. I think maybe that's the the major goal when it comes to it is just being respected. I mean, no one wants to be or felt like they aren't being heard, seen and understood and that their opinion matters, even if you at the end of the day, make your own decision, but at least allow my decision to resonate and respect it nonetheless, you know, because I do teach my daughter to be a strong woman. And I also teach my sons to be strong and respectful of me and as well as respectful of all women. Um, So with my daughter, of course, it's funny because I do teach her to be able to do everything on her own. So if she needs to change the tire, she can change the tire. If she needs to check mm-hmm. the oil, she can check the oil. Oh, yeah. You know so what I'm saying? Over. If she needs to take out the <laughs> trash, she can take out the trash. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't designate per se gender roles when it comes to, okay, this is a man's job. This is a woman's job. My son, he's going to be able to cook. He's going to be able to wash his own dishes, wash his yeah. own clothes. So like on 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 the scale, I, I try to make it so they're both self-sufficient, you know, and mm-hmm. um, because I don't want either one of them to feel lost in the shuffle. Like I want my daughter to be able to stand on her own as well as my son. So I don't want one of them to feel superior when it comes to who they are. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I want them to also feel like they need, not need, but I, that's the best word I can use right now, but they need each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. I never want my daughter to use the words, you complete me because no, you were a complete woman prior to getting into this relationship and he's mm-hmm. complimenting you, not completing you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to my son, I want it to be the same way. I want him to be a full package. And then that woman compliments everything that he's doing as well. So I don't know. I, I think that's part of feminism is just making sure you recognize the default or the the where things are lacking and you and you build it. Cause that's what women do. We build. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I love it. So I guess with so feminism the- and kind of I think where you were going, Shamar, with the Me Too movement and things, do you guys see, I guess, pros and like that the me too movement um and just overall feminism do you guys i think we're kind of touching base on like pros and cons of it and Uh are there pros and cons i would say the pros so to speak are just kind of awareness Uh um and only recently i would say they were starting to see somewhat of consequences if you call that a consequence jail time um but some of these things i also feel like um with the con it's some of these women are also crying wolf, which mm. kind of makes the movement not really respected. Um, because again, there's certain women that are actually going through these things um, and need help and need to have their story told. But then there's some women that are using this as an opportunity to um, get likes, 
since we're in 2020. Yes. Um, or they're using this as an opportunity to, you know, make themselves famous. And again, if it's really for the overall well-being, then I feel like, it, I don't know, that's where the fine line comes in. Um, so I don't know you guys' thoughts on that, but I'm just like, it's a, and I hate to say that as a woman, it sounds crazy, but sometimes as women, we have to kind of take responsibility for our actions. So certain things, we already know what time it is. And then if it doesn't go your way, is that fair to put these men in situations that could change their life, you know, forever? But again, I I like how you put that. I think the pros of the Me Too movement are definitely, um, I, I guess I have exposure on both sides for a pro and a con it's bringing exposure to the situation. You know, there's so many women who have suffered and did not know how to talk to anybody or if they could talk to anybody because they would have felt victimized for the second time, you know, as a result of bringing stuff to the light. Mm -hmm. I just feel like for most people, when they, when they were having to, um, some of the cons, are the being in that spotlight you know like you said crying wolf it's like even with the bill cosby thing um the more you listen to some of the women's stories it's like so you knew what you was doing you did it because you wanted to advance your career you know like when you sit there and i'm guilty of talking to tv like okay you knew you was you had a few drinks you allowed somebody to make your drinks you know some stuff is like what your grandma told you at the house like mm-hmm. never do this that and the third because you're gonna end up like this you know and i just that once again that's not to put blame on these people but it's like the extra level of precaution has to be there sometimes and i feel in if if someone has been sentenced to jail time it's like I just once again look at my TV like, damn, bro, you knew what you was doing. You know, like it, being a predator is one thing, you know, and mm-hmm. it just opens the door to so many different interpretations. But I think the the Me Too movement, the overall goal was accomplished, which was to bring light to a situation where some people we didn't even know they were suffering to get some of these roles, you know, mm-hmm. like thinking they had no other choice or mm-hmm. feeling like. This is the only way for me to get to the top. And then you have somebody who took advantage, a man who took advantage of somebody's vulnerability and weakness. And I think that's in our previous podcast. That's why I have such an issue with being vulnerable is because being taken advantage of is real, you know, and that lends, you know, part partly to my story is being vulnerable has the person who knew that I was vulnerable. I think that's where the, that power scheme of right. Mm-hmm. Like you're driving down the street, somebody has a funeral out of respect, you move, you know, so that way they can travel by, but you do have those people who have turned on their flashes and use that procession to make it through lights. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's how I look at some of these feminists and and movements in general you know like we have those women like y'all were saying that knew what they were getting themselves into and now they want to have that shine on them they want to have that empathy on them they want to have that spotlight and instead of going about it the right way they piggyback on someone else's movement you know what i'm saying and that makes it hard to 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 trust 
that you're doing it with the right intentions. But all in all, I feel like that's the major con. But just to to have our voices heard, to be seen, and to to be understood and represented, I think that's the benefit. Of course, why would it be a con? That has to be the benefit of the situation. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Well, no, it's scary out here because I don't know. Just thinking about, you know, as your sons get older, just girls that are out here nowadays, it's vicious. It is. I'm just saying, I'm going to have to choke some out. But, <laughs> I, and I think it's all about how they're raised. Like, it really is. It's just about the issue. How Ain't nobody, nobody no more. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up too, because my oldest is 19. And being a black male, one of the things that I've had to kind of come to terms with, um, I'll say in the last few weeks, one of the things that he keeps he has said to me since he's technically been an adult it's like some of the things that I did you know during our divorce me thinking that I'm making him a well-rounded person he's like well you made me too sensitive because I seem to care about people's feelings too much and that's not what people are looking for nowadays you know and everything that I thought I was doing trying to cover the you know role of mom and dad sort of putting him in the right space when it comes to being able to relate to a woman and be sensitive to her needs he's like maybe I'm too soft now you know or girls don't want that you know they want more of a tough guy a guy who not doesn't listen to them but he was just basically saying everything that I instilled in him thinking I'm preparing him has harmed him in the in the long run like he's saying that he cares too much now because of the things that I've kind of instilled in him so I'm like wow this is interesting you know and hearing from a male's perspective it's like well women have a tendency to emasculate the man um I hope I'm using that word correctly but I just feel you know in light of all of this if you're teaching your son how to be more sensitive and understanding like I guess we need a guide for that at this point. So, yeah, hearing from a, a someone his age saying that I didn't prepare him enough because I made him too sensitive to women's issues or how to respect a woman, it's like, damn, where do we begin? Like, with your child, your young man being so young, it's like, how do you how do you know what to instill or not to say too much of? Like, what's the guideline for that? I love that you bought that up. Me too. I, I had a conversation with somebody else about that. That's funny. Did you yeah. want to go ahead, Azalee? Or do you want me oh, to go? I mean, she, you can go because you okay. started. Okay. So the reason why I love that is that age old theory that women, we raise our boys to be our husbands or our boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately, and I, I swear y'all, this is so good. Um, so I have, I, God, I got so much to say. So I have a family. My mom has three boys, right? And I look at my brothers and I'm just like, oh my gosh, we do raise our boys to be kind of a, we try to make them uber masculine. So like in my household, my dad didn't want my brothers to cook. So Mm. like he, when my mom was, would tell them, go make your own eggs, go do this, go do that. He would be like, no, they're not to do that. And now they struggle, you know what I'm saying, in certain areas. 
as and an my, adult. As an adult, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, when I had my son, I I didn't want any daughters. That's first of all, and she and she knew that. You know, <laughs> I talk about it with her as a joke. But I didn't want any little passions, you know what I'm saying? So um, when I had my son, I was so overjoyed, you know, my first boy, because, you know, women, that was the thought, that was my thought that was a thought of mine. I was like, he's going to love me so much. I'm going to be the apple of his eye. And that's not having a dad, you know, and also wanting the best relationship for myself possible with my Mm -hmm. son, which is not the way to go. So fortunately, my son has a father that's present. My husband is present in my son's life. And he used to always tell me, you're going to make him soft. You're going to make him in a position where women take advantage of him. And then I also got to look at my husband and see how, you know, I look at him and his relationship with his mom. And it was it was like, I, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I can't do that to my son. I can't make my son feel like my happiness is dependent upon him in some type of way. So, like, I used to always joke around and be like, you know what? I'm the number one woman in your life. So you need to recognize that and respect that, you know? Not understanding that that talk and how I was putting things on him was putting that pressure on him and making him what you're saying as far as Jamil, and I'm not the perfect mom, I know that, but like having the checks and balance system, I think is the 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 hardest part, you know, that's fair, especially when you grow up in a single parent household, like, you know, like Jamil is having to grow up in, it's kind of hard for him to have that male tell you, Shawan, that you have to, okay, you can't do that because this is what's going to happen. And like, when my husband says that stuff to me, I'm like, don't you tell me how to raise my son. I want my son to be, like you said, sensitive to a woman's needs. I want him to be able to understand women. But he's like, no, you're making him soft. So a woman is going to definitely try to take advantage of him. So it has been a struggle, you know what I'm saying? Nonetheless, (laughs) to kind of, to keep that balance because I definitely don't want him to be that way. But I do also want him to be sensitive to a woman's needs. But I don't want him to be the fool as well so like yeah that's the hard part that is definitely hard for me you know and I don't want him to feel like he has to be my husband or my boyfriend because he definitely is not you know what I'm saying and Mm -hmm. that's definitely not what I want so like I have to tell him that I was like yeah I tell you this because I want you to respect me as your mom I was like but no way shape or form do I want you to feel as though you need to be my man because you're not and that's not your position you know what I'm saying so like I play around but you know that's some real stuff and that's really hard you know to balance out especially when you haven't seen it yes absolutely what you want to add um, I would just put this disclaimer out here. I um am winging parenting, so um I don't really know. I mean, my son's still little, so I mean, you know, I try to teach him basic things. You know, like hold the door open for a lady, or you know, if a lady drops something, you know, you pick it up. Certain things like that. But then I also feel like I'm super hard on him because it is just me. Mm. So, you know, if you're, say that again, I'm sorry. I was saying that's me. Like, I never felt yeah. like I baby him, but it was like, look, 
things. People with the most power thinking that they can do whatever, whenever, and get away with it. So this movement has definitely shaped up to be something that nobody expected it to be. And to your credit, Shawan, it was started by a Black woman. Just um, yes. throwing that out there. Um, I think that's that's the, the major point that I have, too. It's just ca- kind of like that boy who cried wolf theory. Mm-hmm. It just makes it so hard for you to put all your trust in a situation that it is working out to your benefit. <laughs> Y'all, I know I'm crazy, but this is what I was thinking about. <laughs> this is so bad. So y'all know funeral processions. <laughs> no, that's what I would agree with. And like <clears throat> kind of being like sensitive to your needs. Cause I think that's another issue too. I think guys need to tap into their own emotions and mm-hmm. that'll allow you to, you know, be able to relate to someone else with their emotions. But, you know, we're taught to, hey, stop that crying. Don't do all of this. Exactly. I'm like, oh, go ahead, sweetie. You know, it'll be okay. And so I kind of ride that fine line. And I think it is because there's not male influence that I'm like extra hard. And I'm like, no, certain things like you do this as a boy, blah, 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 blah. But then I don't want again like you guys are talking when they get when he gets older the reverse of that where now he yes. doesn't tap his needs or when he is angry and emotional it it you know escalates into something that's ridiculous i love that if you could just kind of you know figure things out i don't know i mean it's just difficult i'm just gonna say that because you try to find the not too much of a girl versus mm-hmm. not too much of a boy yeah being like a normal person but like what is normal i'm teaching you from a woman's perspective so i'm all day yeah what a guy's perspective is i'm guessing at it and then he's growing up as a guy and i mean he may have perspective so he's gonna have to tell me what he's tackling and then i don't know by then hopefully michael b jordan be done called me and's like hey girl let's get married and okay (laughs) then you can figure it out from there because this is I think it's so funny. Um, but as you were, you guys were talking, um, there has to be a balance, number one. And I think, you know, part of the frustration has come from me not seeing male role models for him to look up to. And I've had different people, you know, specifically male friends that I felt, you know, I'm going to take a stab at this and let them kind of, you know, asking them specifically, can you mentor my son or can you talk to them you know and it's always before I send them out on a male outing let me just see how they gel and mesh and interact here at the house and monitoring some of their male conversations has left me so frustrated Mm -hmm. what's being instilled in him like just ignorant stuff it's like if I did trust you along with my son is this the bullshit you're gonna feed him you know and it once again it left me feeling like superwoman trying to be super selective and being like nah I'll do this on my own you know just to kind of shelter some of the things that I guess the 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 two of the males that I chose to expose him to y'all got two daughters you know y'all got daughters and it's just like the ignorance that I heard was just like nah we good you know I'll just I'll look elsewhere you know but I never wanted and and one of the things that I heard you mention as a lay 
um, you know, when the when the, your son does get older, it's like you don't want him to be overly masculine, you know, to the point where it's like, you know, like yelling yeah, at exactly. people, going off on stuff that had you listened to me at the house, we could have handled this differently, you know? And I mm-hmm. think, yeah, it's like a double-edged sword. We're never going to come out on top as single women because society says we have to have this man. The men have to do certain things, but most of these men, their fathers weren't there for them. So mm. it's like a cycle that we're bringing up. I know we're probably getting away from the feminism, but I do think it all ties in because, you know, like I said, my oldest is 19 and I'm feeling guilty every day based on everything that I did, bringing him up, doing the best that I knew how to do. And now it's like, oh, I know what I was going to say. Some of the stuff that he dealt with when he was younger, it was during the time of my divorce. So we were in such a transition leaving our home, leaving the state we lived in, him being thrust into a new school, new atmosphere. Um, a lot of the schools I had him in were predominantly black. And not to say that that was a bad thing, but it was sort of like dominantly black area um, as a result of us separating and getting divorced. It just made it like he didn't even talk to me about the things that he was going through. So one thing I was going to say now that your son is young, just make sure that y'all are having those talks on a regular basis. And when he tells you something that doesn't sit right with your soul, try not to go off or go up to the school being angry because I think that's where we kind of lose that connection with him. You know, if he knows that something wasn't right, he tells mom mom is going to go off, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. embarrassing him or doing different things. I guess they want our reaction to be different. So that's one way I say being a single mom, preparing your son for this movement and this world that he's going to eventually be a part of just that communication and not overreacting is what yeah. will help. I think this all ties into the topic. And I love the fact that you are talking from the perspective of having a 19-year-old male. And as a lay, I forgot how old Aiden is. Is he six or seven? Three, six, seven. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was one. So with Aiden being seven and you having a 19-year-old, this is what we have to deal with when it comes to the feminist aspect of things. We live in a world where there are a majority of female-led households. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're dealing with the thought of being a single mom that's painful and then not having an opinion that's equally painful and then the fact that the males have elected their right to not be there that's equally Mm -hmm. painful so that all ties into feminism because now we're in a male dominated world and they're making the decisions for the women who are who are raising them You know what I'm saying? So like, it's kind of like a, like I said, it all ties in, in a sense. And the the fact that it's predominantly white male ran makes it even worse because not only do they not care about the women, you know how they run their households. um, They also don't care about the race of the women. They don't care that we're black women and our struggles are a little bit different. They don't care that when women in general and our struggles are a little bit different and they have some of that pent up anger and that pent up frustration. That's where they're so amidst to having this power. That's why they want this power so much because they never had it. You know what I'm saying? I think, and it's kind of a, 
when it comes to raising your boys, I think that's a big thing to me is to allow them to vent their frustration and we listen because mm-hmm. that's me too. I'm like, yo, not, I mean, <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, had a teacher that's his brother went to school with me. Right. So I <laughs> mean, got a hundred on one of his tests in the boy, in the boy, God, in the man's class. <laughs> and the man asked me if he cheated. What? Oh my gosh. Right. Because he got a good grade. Because he got 100. And I mean, didn't do well on every other test, but he got 100 on this test. So I was like, so, do you need me to go to the school? <laughs> you know? And that See, was the first. Heard that exactly. Oh, and he was like, mom, no. And I'm like, I'm serious. I mean, do you want me to write this letter to this teacher? And I will show up. And mm-hmm. I know his brother and let him know that I know his brother. You know? <laughs> and just let him know that I will show up and show out. But I think that's that's the problem, you know, and we're lioness. Like we protect our cubs at all costs. So even if it was my daughter that said that, it was she knows it would be the same response right. all day long. But as a male, like my daughter, she thinks this funny. My son, he finds it irritating. So, yeah, I, and I agree that could lead to emasculation, too, because I'm not allowing him to exert his, I'm not allowing him to resolve the issue. I'm stepping in to resolve it on his behalf. You know, so for my daughter, it may show her, okay, my mom's strong. She's willing to, to go to bat for me. But for my son, it may not have that same response. It's yeah, it's definitely different. I agree. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. It, what is too damn far? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh no, but that, um, like you were saying before, Shimon, where your son—that's sorry, y'all getting old. So, it was a lady I was talking to that her son was explaining the same thing. I think he's like in his twenties, um, and he was saying he's having a hard time dating. Mm-hmm. He's like, you've taught me, you know, how to be such a gentleman and just, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm having a hard time being a player. He was like, because that's how people are dating or that's yes. how people are getting dates. So, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was an example of how I tried to relate all of this to even begin with. Sorry, that just came off. But yeah, that's a real issue. And you don't want to you know years later you're thinking dang I did my absolute best and then it's like uh there's some flaws with your best work you know and I'm like oh no you know and there was a guy on social media who brought that up and that's what made me realize all of this you know in addition to the talks that I've had with my son and it's really like gosh you know I don't know you know with the other ones I was gonna say I have a 12 year old and he just revealed that he there's a girl you know that he considers his girlfriend and I was asking questions and he's like you know he lets out this big sigh and he's like you know I don't even want to share this with you because based on how you're gonna react and and Mm -hmm. but he just literally said based on how you're gonna react I don't want to discuss this with you. Like, you know, I'm all in that my- better not be my baby because <laughs> I'm gonna react kind of crazy too. It's Bilal, and I'm- I knew it. Okay, go ahead. 
I mean, he's so in tune with, I'm going to, I'm going to figure all this out on my own. And I'm just like, look at you, you know, <laughs> once again, oh, like, you know, that's my baby. Don't be, thank you. Even me... saying the word baby, like this is my youngest <laughs> son. Yes. I'm sorry. That's my baby. <laughs> I was but... at this show last night and they're like, oh, your balls dropped. Like <laughs> now you somebody. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just in the middle of all of this like I need to sit down and I just like well you better not let nobody put their hands on you you know let me know when I need to get involved but it was a clear message like mind your business I got this you know (laughs) so yeah you know it's funny I my oldest is a girl so that's so wonderful that is the opposite so we can you know throw out perspectives so (laughs) my oldest is a girl and when she first started dating um, <laughs> the boy lived next door, right? Oh so that was scary to me. Um, <laughs> and she did not want to date him because he was too nice. Oh no. So that kind of goes into what y'all were saying. <laughs> so like, she was like, and my husband was like, what is wrong with her? He was like, I don't understand. He was like, I knew something was up when she told me <laughs> that she had to break up with him because he was too nice. And I thought about how full circle that was. Cause like, he's telling me, don't let your sons be too nice. Don't let them to be too nice. But now his daughter doesn't want to be with somebody that's too nice. So like, it was kind of like full circle. So, and I think that like, even with us, y'all think about when y'all were growing up, <laughs> y'all didn't want the nice guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted the thug because we we wanted what MC like. Y'all know I always relate stuff to music and the old school <laughs> ones at that. But think about MC Light, Roughneck. When that song came out, we thought so. And at the time, that's what we thought we wanted. So, and I think it's just us not being able to properly say what we want specifically. So, like, we want a strong man, but we also want somebody that's sensitive to our needs. So as we get older, if you think about it now, that song doesn't resonate as well, even though it's a cool song. But you don't want that type of male now that you're established. Right. And I think one of my my 19 year old's issues was, dang, like every girl wants somebody who's, you know, not not even tougher, just like rough around the edges or do they want to do to talk to him crazy or disrespect him? Do they want to be cheated on? You know, everything that he's seeing is in like a direct opposition to what I have kind of shown him or taught him. And it's, it's really frustrating to him. Like you said, how can you be too nice when uh, every girl wants somebody to respect mm-hmm. them and, and, you know, listen to them. And he's saying all the things that you told me a man should do that's not what these girls want and it's very frustrating it's so frustrating to him and that is so true and like I said Mm -hmm. even with my own daughter like that's literally the words that came out of her mouth y'all and I'm sitting here like but I think what we have to do as women is put ourselves back to the teenage self Mm -hmm. back in that day I understood I could resonate with her because I didn't want anybody that was really really that nice like I broke up with a guy for the same reason and but as a 30 to 40 year old 20 in my 20s to my 40s that changed tremendously you know what I'm saying I wanted my Jamil at that Mm -hmm. point I didn't Mm -hmm. want that roughneck or you know that guy that was rough around the edges because 
I, at that point, I'm established, and those aren't those guys aren't established. They don't have anything going for themselves. But I think it comes with experience. So let him know that eventually, trust me, the tides will change. And that same girl that's saying that she doesn't want this and she doesn't want that, she will change her tune once life starts kicking her in the butt, you know. But it does take with age certain things and. Like all of that hard work that y'all are doing as single moms, trust me, it will pay off. And once you realize, you know, you'll you'll start to see your guy change, you know what I'm saying? And take shape and become that leader that you raised him to be. But it's just, you know, it just takes time. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> He is seven. I don't want to hear no tired. That's what everyone <laughs> keeps telling me. I'm scared. Oh, God. They're like, oh, you just getting started. What does that mean? Shawan was here this recently, and she saw my my oldest son and how he talks. Girl. Crazy. Trust yeah. me, it don't get better. It gets, <laughs> it gets, it gets, want to pull out your juggler. That's how bad it gets. And knock him in his head, and, you know, I've threatened him a couple of times. The cave is chest in, you know, those types of things. So I think I'm gonna take Taekwondo just so I can flip him. I think that would be a good idea. We should take classes together. Shawan, you down? You still got two more. Hello. Yeah, it's not too late. (laughs) It definitely isn't too late. But yeah, but I think when it comes to feminism, I think kind of to tie it all in, it it is that single parent household that we grow up in that's led by our women. You know, whether it's grandmas, moms, aunties, you know, cousins, whatever. (laughs) When it's a female-ran household, that kind of lends to these types of issues that we have, you know. You're right. I would agree. So did you guys want to discuss um, anything else on the feminism topic? Or you want to go into our food for thought? Did you want to talk about the slut walk, Esle? Because I think that's part of a con. (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly. So I brought that up as far as like the opposite of a Me Too movement, I guess I should say. So some people are kind of taking feminism, and I guess I would use it as maybe an extremist um, version of feminism, where they're kind of flipping the script, saying, hey, it shouldn't matter what we wear. um, It shouldn't matter how we talk you know, respect us for how we are and, you know, it shouldn't have any negative effect on us, negative actions. So to a certain extent, um, I think, again, it comes with experience and maturity that that is true. I should be able to wear anything I want, say anything I want, and you should still respect me as a human being. However, like we discussed earlier, you have to take common sense with that. Like, if you're going to go outside with a skirt that stops at your cheeks with no draws, you can't, and then you're going to walk past a group of guys and be like, what you looking at? Don't touch me. I mean, not to say that's why you wore it, but it's going to create that type of attention. And I don't know what other attention you were looking for. Because I'm going to just keep it real. Back in the day, like, I used to wear certain stuff because I was like, yep, looking for attention today but (laughs) just keeping it real y'all know I'm out of control um but so I don't know I guess certain things it can be a con but I also get the I guess there's a different way that they could express 
their extreme version of feminism. So I get it, but then I don't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I agree. And um, when I saw this in the notes, I was like, oh, this is so ironic. Like I was telling Pashas about two weeks ago, I was up one day. I don't know why I was on Amber Rose's page and for me on her Instagram page. And I was like, you know how I guess we always try to the more we talk, we try to understand people's backgrounds yep. and their perspectives and where, why did she do some of the things she did, you know? And when it came to the slut walk in particular, part of me, you know, when it was first brought to light or I was like, are you kidding? Is this a real thing? You know? And then when I saw some of the clothing and I think a few people had worn clothing where it had stuff like, almost written or finger painted on there like slut hoe bitch this that that and I I took so many different perspectives because on one hand it's like you're owning all of the things everybody has ever called you you know I'm saying uh to your face or in article blah 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 whatever has been spewed or thrown at her it's like she's gathered it all up all up and she's using it as her ammunition for the world I see that I get that I do understand that mm-hmm. but then the, the hilarious part was I think she when she was planning the first slut walk or whatever it was like trying to get people to join her was like nah I'm gonna sit this one out you know <laughs> like I, I think people were literally like I'm not going there how can you respect somebody that's calling themselves a slut Right. That's what I was thinking. Like, how, at what point do you, you know, part of me was like, you go girl, she's doing that. She's owning her stuff. Then I'm like, how do you look? What do you say? And even for the son, she had one son at the time. Now she has two sons and that plays into what we've been talking about as well. Like, how do you justify what you're doing? And knowing that your sons have to go to school the next day, your sons have to live with and I think this is something me and Patches talk about a lot too. Some of the stuff that I wanted to do early on when we were collaborating, she was like, think about it, you know, like think about how it impacts other people, you know, your family and people like that. So I felt like it was great to kind of recycle the hate, you know, in terms of I'm going to use this to build me up. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know if you should be fighting this fight in this manner. So part of me mm-hmm. was torn. like, I respect how you want to generate and do things and own mm-hmm. it. But then it's like, come on, like, can we kind of refine what we're doing in another way? Agreed. Agreed. And I agree with both of y'all. I love how both of y'all put it. Like as you go on the route of the clothes. So like, Back in the day, yes, I wanted attention too. So, like, I wore stuff intentionally to get the attention that I thought I wanted. You know what I'm saying? So, if mm-hmm. I'm wearing like this dress and I know how it fits me, um, then I know what attention I'm seeking from that. Mm-hmm. You know, but maybe it wasn't the attention that I really wanted. Like, I wanted to be in a relationship, but the outfit that I was wearing was telling people that I want relations. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it was more so like the uniform that you put on. So like when we go to work, that stuff that I wore, I I couldn't wear it to work. You know what I'm saying? And not saying that that's how you have to dress for the sake of work or that's how you have to dress for the sake of getting a relationship. But 
that's kind of like why I like the Steve Harvey Think Like a Man series mm-hmm. and how she was preparing for the date and they were like explaining how the outfit should be. It should be a little bit sexy so you can leave. Da, 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 da. You know, like it was just kind of <laughs> like walking you through how you should dress for the first date. And that's <laughs> conversations that, you know, we generally probably didn't have with a male to understand how he's going to see that perspective. I just thought it was cute and I knew a male would think I was cute in it mm-hmm. so I wore it versus not understanding what his intentions were versus mine mm-hmm. so like I think with the slut walk I feel like I don't ever want to be called a slut ever mm-hmm. in my life you know what I'm saying because the connotation of what a slut is exactly so like I agree with what her intentions were but I can't tell you, like you said, Azalea, if I'm wearing a skirt and everything is hanging out of the skirt, don't touch me. I'm wearing this because I don't want you to rape me. Yeah. And that's what my mom used to mm-hmm. always say when we went in the store. You know, she knew we were going to see things we wanted, but she would always say, eyes on, hands off. And I think we cannot take this approach when it comes to you're, you're putting yourself in front of the wolves and you're like... Mm-hmm. eyes on hands off like don't touch me and I think I never want once again anybody listening to this when we play it back and I don't want anybody to be like well you guys are blaming the victim no it's it's about using common sense in certain situations and I'm never blaming the victim at all but it's just think think to be two steps two three five steps ahead of the people who may not have the, the sense to keep their hands to themselves, you know, the people exactly. who may not see things or they may not know what we're thinking in our head when we're getting dressed versus what we present to the world when we step out there. So, yeah, this is definitely a great topic. Yeah, because that. I think in feminism, we can't forget that we are responsible too. We're responsible for you know setting the example and setting the tone for what we're trying to accomplish and if we're screaming you know hey I'm a slut you know I'm gonna be a hoe today I mean then that's the type of energy we gonna get back I mean I mean it's a fine line to me it's a fine line with everything not to be funny because like I, I don't know Um, it's just too much in the world right now my head hurt but I just feel like you know we can't put that type of energy out there if we're trying to because again that's where guys get confused and if we are treating ourselves like hoes and sluts then honestly why do they feel like they should treat us like queens and princesses princesses Mm -hmm. um if you know we're not displaying that behavior and again, some of it is pure entertainment. So I don't want to sound like I'm a prude because y'all know I'm out of control anyway. But at the same time, you just, it, I don't know. I don't know. And she has two sons? She does. She just had one. Another one. That's what I'm saying. So I'm telling my son to respect me as a woman, but I'm also telling him that I'm a slut. And then I'm telling him not to date slut because I don't want him. But see, and I have think, a slut for a wife. You know what I'm saying? So it's like words, ways, and actions that's I, not matching up. But see, in her perspective, I don't think she's taking the word and it's 
full Con- exactly i think she's like shawan was saying flipping the script and kind of using it as ammunition to empower her everyone's not going to understand that that's my point a lot of people like- don't understand hollywood so i think that works for her and i mean that kind of works for her and her image i don't think anybody else could do that and get this thing because i mean she's still getting respected for it I don't think anybody else could do that. I, I don't know. Maybe her friend Black China, but other than that, I don't. But so who's respecting her though? Like we are sitting here having a conversation. I respect her as a woman and a woman raising two boys and a woman doing what she feels as though she has to do to 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 be the best version of herself and to help her family. But I don't respect her in that aspect. You know what I'm saying? Like I couldn't. Yeah. I think you know these people come into her walk and things like that are on but the they same are wavelength. Like her. But that's my point. That's the point that I'm getting at. They're like her. Okay, so let, let's take it to another level to kind of hopefully make, make it make sense. So, y'all know who Superhead is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Throwback. You know, yeah, we yeah. all know who she is. We're old school. We know who she is. So, she's done YouTube videos. She's She's done a lot of speaking engagements where she talks about that she has a son that's the image of her that he's gonna have amber Mm -hmm. rose's kids are gonna her her sons are gonna be able to google her Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so like when you say that she's trying to take the power from the word but the words, ways, and actions don't match up. Now, I've had history where I haven't been the best version of myself, you know, in my younger days. And I'm trying to be a better version of myself in my older days, you know. And I've done things that, you know, my son wouldn't find respectful. And my daughter, too, you know. But with her, like, how do you recover from that? You know. Like, we didn't have social media back in the day we didn't have all of this stuff that they have now that kind of makes your situation be your situation forever so like as a person she could be a, a better person than what I am aware of so I was saying so if we look and google her it's mm-hmm. going to be hard for her to recover from her history because of how social media and the media period captures who she is at that moment you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like, so to to now call your movement a slut walk and all of the imagery that we have on you is in that direction. Now you're raising sons. And how were you raising your sons? And what imagery are you telling them about women? You know what I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It's going to be very hard and then we, and then these boys are going to grow up to be men. And these men are going to try to have relationships with women. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, we're talking about the cycle that. of it all. Yeah, I get that from our normal level, but I don't think they're normal. So honestly, I think if he brought someone home like her, she would be fine with that. Uh, yeah, I got you. That makes I sense. Think just with her, like, it, it's a whole different... And I'm not trying to say she's not smart because clearly she is. She's made it somehow to uh, where she is by some type of thought process. But I think for, and I don't want to say we're normal, 
but us normal people, um, that is not the tone that we want to set. Like you've just explained as an example for what, you know, the people we want to raise and who we would like to see our children with. Mm-hmm. with her, I think that that's what she's looking for. Like, hey, if he brings someone home like me, you know, free will and, you know, can identify and flip the script and take this negative negativity for positivity. I think she would be fine with that. That's I just tough. think and the standard you're setting is what problems but I don't have time for them problems so I ain't going to no slut walk I done got rid of the Daisy Dukes um I don't know but that's what I'm saying that's the the, the when we were talking about the cons and I'm not saying that what she's trying to accomplish is a con I'm not saying that but when we talk about a con when it comes to f- the feminist movement or femininity or B2 or any of that, to me, that can, that can be portrayed as a con. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that could lend to what we're talking about. And I mean, I want my daughter to be respected as a woman and taken seriously. And there are outfits that she wears and she gets mad at me because I'm like, Anaja, are you really going out the house like that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> And it and it's just because it's something that I wouldn't wear. And like I had to have conversations with her on a regular basis. Your shape, your shape, your shape, your shape doesn't lend to you being able to wear certain outfits. Like just because it's made for you doesn't mean it's made for you. You know what I'm saying? But you know, exactly. And like she goes to school, and this is a small example. But when she goes to school, you know, distressed jeans are the style. Wearing holy jeans are the style. I don't think that's good for school, personally. Not saying it makes her look like a hoe, a slut, or nothing. But it's just, I feel like she should be more respectful outfit-wise when she goes to school. Certain classes, anyway. Certain classes. But that's a small example. And it's not that serious. But I look at it and I'm like, you need to watch how you present yourself to the world. Mm. In certain instances, you know. Yes, ma'am. Girl, I wear distressed jeans to work. I can't. I wish. That's so funny. Yeah, I used to work at a school, and you know, on Fridays they wore jeans, and it took an act of Congress for me to wear a pair of jeans to work. And I was in working with pre-K students, but I still felt there was a standard I had to uphold each day, and. I guess it wasn't until I swear y'all my last month at the job that I was like, forget it. You know, I'm going to go ahead, you know, wear jeans and like a polo shirt. I guess it was like the school shirt or whatever, but I had such a difficult time personally wearing jeans to work. Like Mm -hmm. that was just, I, like you said, certain places you go, you do not wear jeans. It, it just took everything for me to like mentally process wearing a pair of jeans into my workplace. Like I just totally separated the two. But um, yeah, bringing this feminism thing full circle, it's like, I do still see feminism as taking back your womanly everything, you know, putting everything in perspective from a woman's point of view. It doesn't make us to the point where we're male bashing. Um, It's just bringing up the inequalities, the differences and, helping the world understand things from a woman's perspective. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think that um, 
it should be overlooked, but I do think women need a seat at every table. Completely agree. We ain't going nowhere, and we help y'all get here. So, Amen. respect it. Amen. Who <laughs> around the world, girl? No, I'm just joking. Um, so, my food for thought is, um, I'm going to just say this quote, um, and I know I'm going to pronounce her name incorrectly, but I just have to throw it out there. Her name is Shamanda Adichie, and she says, we teach girls to shrink themselves to make themselves smaller. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. Otherwise, you will threaten the man. So, and I think that to me, what, based upon my knowledge now, the, the basis of femininity is that people feel, well, the anti-feminists feel like we're threatening a man's power. And I think that quote kind of encapsulized why it exists to a certain extent. Amen. Yes. Well, guys. Shawan. Um, does Shawan want to talk about a female? Oh, yeah. I was just telling her maybe <laughs> I should do it, you know, in a separate one. But Kimberly Williams Crenshaw. She is an extraordinary woman, and I thought she would be good for feminism. Uh, because, as I stated before, there is an overlap, and she is a woman who coined a phrase, I would, or, or a theory. She developed a theory called intersectionality. And Kimberly Williams Crenshaw is an American lawyer, a civil rights advocate, a philosopher, and a leading scholar on critical race theory. Like I said, she developed a theory called intersectionality. And what that is, it, it combines regular feminism with black feminism, like just bringing the issues of black women, um, you know, in terms of race and gender, just bringing it to the table. She is the founder of the Columbia Law School's Center for Intersectionality and Social Policy Studies. She's basically helping African women, helping people understand the how being a woman, being a black woman, how all these issues tie in to everything under the same feminism umbrella. So when you get a chance, check out Kimberly Williams Crenshaw. Awesome. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, guys, um, again, that's Women's History Month. Um, we'll have more topics as March. It seems like March has been going on forever, y'all. Like, what's today's day? 15th. Yeah, it feels wow. like March 15, 2030. But anyway, <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Um, tune in for our next women's topics. Um, feel free to leave comments. Um, we do have an Instagram page, Robert Vernacular. Feel free to DM us. Um, other than that, we appreciate you listening. And until next time, ladies. Yes, enjoy the ride and stay safe out here. Thank yes. y'all for tuning in. Wash your damn hands. <laughs> Hello. Bye. Peace. <laughs> Bye.